0: What's up, guys? Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that's really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. What you'll see is that the CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's even helped decrease anxiety, whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee's rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Let's do a podcast. Bronco's country is, sitting in the south stands, drinking the curbs from my high, the best part of the weekend, hugging a perfect stranger, as they become Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast, coming to you from a new location, from the new apartment down here in DTC. Zach, the move is going great. Nice and spacious, Ryan.
1: Nice place.
0: Yeah, got a little extra space, a little more uh, area to move around in here. I feel like it's good good for free thinking and and podcasting.
1: (laughs) Very calm right now. I like it.
0: Yeah, I like it too. So uh, that was great. And another thing that was great was the UC Health healthy swings, home run derby yesterday. Man, I'm impressed. The Broncos did a lot better than I thought they would.
1: <laughs> Collectively. Is that how you're going to feel about this year too? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> and uh, Andy Janovich surprised you probably the most. Man, got to take, take my hat off to
0: him. Uh, I, uh, I owe him an apology. I gave him an apology and we'll play that interview at some point on this podcast. But we talked to Andy after the home run derby and I told him, I doubted you. I thought the arms were too big. Uh, 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 Turns out he went full Giambi. <laughs> I mean, cause that was what I said yesterday. I'm like, who with that size arms have you ever seen in baseball? Right. And the only person we could think of is Giambi. Well, he's hitting him like he was a right handed <laughs> Giambi out there. <laughs> This guy, man, I my views of Andy Janovich have changed.
1: <laughs> you view him as a t- complete athlete now? Yes. Yeah.
0: I thought he was just a meathead with a football uniform on. <laughs> He's an athlete. He said he hasn't picked up a baseball bat since he was in sixth grade. And he was hitting 400-foot bombs. Yep. And, and remember, I had an S on that. Bombs. Mm-hmm. Not only... Did he hit three during his original challenge? Then he went head to head with Vinny Castilla.
1: <laughs>
0: and if you're a, a longtime Rockies fan, you know that name. If not, tell you one of the best Mexican baseball players of all time and one of the best Rockies of all time, period. And hit one more in that challenge, the furthest one of any of them. Yep. I just, I'm blown away. Like, I didn't think you could just do that. Of all the sports that I just didn't think you could just pick it up after not playing it for a long time and hit a bomb at a major league field. I just didn't think
1: that could ever happen. And were they coming in at sixty-five miles an hour? Fifty-five. Fifty-five miles an hour. It was. That's pure strength too. Because when when professionals are jacking them, they're they have the benefit of them coming in at ninety. Now, of course, I don't think anyone yesterday wanted that to be set at ninety. But the way he was swinging the bat was like he did it yesterday. I couldn't
0: believe it. Honestly. Blew my mind. And it wasn't just him. Casey Kreider hit a bomb. Yep. (laughs) Got to give him more credit for his athleticism. Uh, Brandon
1: McManus, we already knew he was an athlete. Is there something with special teamers? You would think. Now, obviously, Jano plays offense as well. But you would think maybe it's because these guys have more time on their hands, so they actually are going to the batting cages, and they are on the golf course more. Only one of those is true. They're only on the golf course more uh, with with Kreider and McManus. Uh, Really, none of these guys. I think Brandon said he's practiced zero times since winning last year. Jano hasn't practiced since sixth grade. It just shows you how world-class athletes these guys truly are. Even the long snapper. A fullback and a kicker.
0: Unbelievable. Are they the only ones who hit home runs? I think so. No uh, skill positions? Nope. I will say, um, those are home run home runs. There was a softball fence out there about halfway that those were pretty much everyone got at least one over there, except for yeah. Shamarco Thomas.
1: <laughs>
0: Shamarco <laughs> Thomas had a, a rough go of things at the plate.
1: Kareem Jackson was the first one up, and he got five minutes up, and no one really noticed. And after he, he says, "Oh," and, and every other player got only two minutes, and no one noticed. And uh, after Kareem goes, wow, that was the longest two minutes of my life. I'm thinking, yeah, buddy, because it was five minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and... After everyone else's two minutes, they were gassed. Mm-hmm. Justin Simmons said, "This is harder than conditioning." <laughs> yep. Kareem was up there for five minutes; he was cranking them the whole time. Yep. But no, uh, no real bombs. Bradley Chubb, like I said, ugly swing, but effective. Yep. Nice and nice and short through the zone. Yep. But overall, man, it was entertaining, and again. Last year, I remember, like, Chris Harris Jr. was in there, Um, obviously McManus, and uh, I'm trying to remember who else, but no one, and and I mean, there was also um, Nuggets players, no one was cranking them like Jano, and really, no one was cranking them as well as the whole team did, so good for them, impressive outing. From the Broncos, and they raised almost a hundred thousand dollars.
1: And that what was it, ninety-eight thousand seven hundred? And out of his own pocket, Casey Kreider rounded that to one hundred thousand dollars. So really good for him. And I mean the 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 true the guys that when you look at them and you say, wow, those are true athletes. Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, Bradley Chubb, those guys struggled a lot more than these other guys. I don't know. Maybe baseball is just easier. Uh, actually don't think that's the case. But Bradley Chubb, uh, he gave us a little Jose Batista? I think
0: it was a, a Tim Anderson. Mm.
1: And if you've been
0: following baseball at all this year, Tim Anderson has been a um, a subject of criticism because of his bat flips. And his bat flips are more like bat slams, which are awesome. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And people are saying, ah, oh, it disrespects the game, blah, 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 and disrespectful to the opponent. And I'm just so sick of stuff like that. Uh, and <laughs> Bradley put a nice one on display yesterday, but it brings me to a different topic that I think is um, making the rounds today about celebration. And I think it's a perfect time to to, to talk about it, so I'm going to talk about it because It's the offseason, and we can do that. And I'm sure we can tie this back around to the Broncos. But, Zach, did you see the criticism being doled out for the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team regarding the beatdown they threw on Thailand yesterday?
1: Did you say wrongful criticism thrown around?
0: I didn't, but yes, I believe that.
1: No. Criticism. Criticism. Fair criticism. I did in a 13- to zero win over tiny Thailand what are these what are these Americans doing out there they're celebrating goals eight 9 10 11 12 come on come on come on what 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 are we doing here winning <laughs> it's what we do I have no problem with the goals I didn't say I have a problem with goals eight nine, 10, 11 12 13. It's what they're doing after. Listen, this is the highest stage, Zach.
0: There is no charity here. There is no pity parties. And for a lot of these girls, women, they're scoring their first ever World Cup goals. They deserve to
1: freaking celebrate. I don't care if it's 300 to zero. Sure, they can celebrate. I have no problem with that. But when... uh, Everyone's going crazy, and you're doing these elaborate celebrations, and the sidelines going nuts. It's, it's too much. It is too much. You don't, you don't want them to celebrate? Don't let them score. Act like you've been there. They have. They don't have to act
0: like anything. They're the reigning champs. Exactly. It's even worse when it's – if this was and A lot of them haven't been there. That's if, why they're celebrating. If this was Thailand doing this to the United States – I would be embarrassed for our team. Yeah, not
1: it, I. I wouldn't care anything about what they were doing. It's embarrassing. It was so embarrassing, in fact, that the other girls, the the other women, were crying. Thailand was crying Good. at the end of the game because it was so embarrassing, and because don't come next time. And because off the field, the Americans were rubbing it in. Don't come next time. Oh my goodness! Pull out. You don't want to get
0: embarrassed. Don't come. You come to the highest stage, there's no, no one's holding back here. Why you got to be mean? I, I'm about winning, and if you reach the, high, the pinnacle of your sport and you score a goal, you should celebrate however the hell you want.
1: At goal five or six, maybe seven. I mean, that's still absurd for soccer. But come on.
0: Park the bus. You don't want them to keep scoring. It's, pull all your players back.
1: Pull all your players back? They're still going to score. Nothing Thailand <laughs> did yesterday worked. They don't come next time. <laughs> I don't care. Like, so you don't believe in sportsmanship is what it boils down to. I Because that's in, exactly what this is. I believe in winning and doing
0: whatever it takes. Winning by as many as you want and celebrating the whole
1: way through. So you don't believe in sportsmanship.
0: Sportsmanship's <laughs> overrated. If the Broncos – and here's – I'll tie this around. If the Broncos score to go, to go up 70-0 to zero on the Raiders, or I'll even make it because the Raiders are a rival. If they score to go up 70-0 to zero on the Bills. There we go.
1: That's a good one.
0: Or the Thailand of the NFL. <laughs> I, I think they should run down the whole team, pose in the end zone – do a backflip, front handspring, whatever you want to do, man. This is the league. Shame. You're, you, don't want to, you don't want to get celebrated on, don't let them score. And if you don't like getting celebrated on when you got scored on, fold the franchise.
1: Shameful. Shameful, Ryan. Don't put, don't put this stain on our podcast right now. That, uh, no, I would hate that. I would hate if the team ran into the end zone and took one of those those defensive pictures and and uh, were doing dances with each other like they did last year, which now just seems so silly that a six and ten team did that. But if Cortland Sutton scores a touchdown to put him up seventy seven to zero over the Bills, he can celebrate. He can do a little gig. He can give his teammates high fives. That's okay. I'm not saying, uh, especially if it's his first touchdown of his career. Let's say. Um, uh, Juwan Winfrey, let's say does it 77 to zero first touchdown of his career. He can celebrate, but, but his teammates are all happy for him. High fives, not, not artistic, elaborate celebrations that are just, that are taking it over the top from celebrating with your teammates to embarrassing the other team.
0: I think the goal, every time you step on the field should be to embarrass the other team and to not make them cry at the end of the game. Make them cry during the game. And
1: do that by by beating them 13 to 0. Don't do it by by just rubbing it in their face when the clock's not ticking.
0: This is the top <laughs> this is the top stage, man.
1: Remember, we got a lot of uh you are- non-Americans listening to this podcast, Ryan. I don't think I don't think they're too happy with the way uh, uh, the women's team portrayed themselves yesterday. And including in the United States, not a lot
0: of people are happy. Anytime that my team is the best and has the most fun doing it,
1: I'm going to be happy. <laughs> That's the goal, right? So were they not Be the best to, and have the most fun. Were they not going to be having fun if they stopped celebrating at goal seven? They would have been having fun, but not the most fun. <laughs> it's It's... This is this – is, I, I mean, again, if you don't want to get your teeth kicked in, don't show up. So now how do you view this when it comes to youth sports? Do you, do you have the same mindset or does it change?
0: No, it's different. It is different with youth sports because um, the players' like love of the game and that sort of stuff is on the line. This, you're, you're supposed to be introducing it, teaching them the sport, teaching them you know, um, that they're still winning and losing – but you don't want kids crying on the field and, and saying, like, I don't want to play anymore. Because then you're affecting the, you know, the future of the game.
1: I can't imagine these Thailand women are huge professionals getting paid all of this money.
0: Not, neither are the women and that's a pro-
1: in America, and that's a problem in itself. 100%. But these women for Thailand are doing it just for what you said, Ryan, the love of the game. It's it's not you know it's not to get rich. It's for the love of the game. And you come in and you not only beat them down, which I'm okay with, especially because in soccer, goal differential does matter. So they could have put up thirty on them yesterday, and I wouldn't have had the biggest problem with it. It's stop celebrating at goal five, and you're good. You're all good because now you're making it. So where these these women are playing for the love of the game, now you're just destroying that. Not just to them but to all of their fans in Thailand? (laughs) I don't care. I just, it's the
0: highest stage. You know, if this was a friendly, if this was a, a little kick at the park, then maybe it'd be different. But if Juwan Winfrey gets his first touchdown of his career in a blowout, I just don't feel like he should have to change his celebration. He's probably, been, like, he's probably been dreaming of that moment his whole life. He's maybe even been dreaming about the exact celebration he wants to do, which I assume exact, is exactly how these girls feel. And I just don't think you should have to have less fun because the team you're playing isn't having any fun.
1: <sighs> it's a bad look. It's a bad look, especially when it's not just the Denver Broncos. When it's the United States, when you're representing a country, you got it with, as Von Miller says, with great power comes great responsibility. These women are at the highest level ever that you can be at for a sport. There's no, you know, Earth versus Mars here. This is the highest level they can be. Have a little bit of class. Nope. And you know what?
0: You know what's even better about this and what makes me really happy that they did that? Is that it created controversy? Everyone's talking about the U.S. women's national team today. Mm. And you know what? A lot of people might tune in next time to see if they do the same thing, to see if the criticism has gotten to them. And personally, I hope it doesn't because I don't care if it's the Buffs or the U.S. women's national team. Or any other team that I am rooting for, I want them to be the best, and I want them to have the most fun. Do you
1: think the criticism will get to them?
0: Nope.
1: I think so. I don't know if it's a goal one or goal five, but I think they will act different. Well, hopefully they have some better competition. It, it, it's probably how it's supposed to go.
0: Well, no, because they're not. They're only in the, the uh, group stage right now. But I assume...
1: I assume it'll be better.
0: I assume it will be, too. <laughs> but I hope, I hope they still win 13-0 and celebrate every goal.
1: Stop at six. Stop at six, please. Please. No. For our listeners out there from all around the world, let's just beat them down and be classy about it. I like that we can have a spirited
0: debate. I feel like this that just uh, encompasses... The community here, as a whole, beatdowns. We can, <laughs> we can have a spirited debate without like yelling screaming at each other, screaming, telling yeah. us how you're stupid, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, like we there is no name calling. <laughs> we we've just finished that conversation. We're still on opposite sides of it. Yep, but. I I understand your viewpoint. I just disagree with it. <laughs> and I understand
1: yours. <laughs>
0: so I, I, like I said, I feel like that encompasses the uh, the community that we have here. I'm sure peop- a lot of people, a lot of commenters are going to chime in on this. And I'll be interested to see um, if someone comes in and says something that you said to me before the podcast, which is like, well, it just kind of uh, perpetuates the stereotype that Americans are <laughs> a bunch of pompous a-holes, you know? Right. Um, and, and, if that's a consequence of winning and having the most fun, then I can deal with that. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I don't think there needs to be any name-calling going on, and that's, that's exactly
1: what uh, got us, what's gotten us this far with this community. So you follow Al Davis's motto, just win, baby.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, one of the greatest problems you can ever have in sports is people saying that you're celebrating too much. <laughs>
1: it's true. Because it's that true. means
0: that you're having a lot of reasons to celebrate. yep. yep. Just to get tie into a different sport, if the Rockies well, the Rockies beat the Cubs last night, 10 to two. If that was 10 solo shots and they did like the most elaborate bat flips after every home run, I would not have cared.
1: Yeah, it would have been bad. <laughs> it, it, it would have been bad. Do you think they would have?
0: I, I, no one on the Rockies bat flips. It kind of annoys
1: me. So take, take a team that does. That has multiple bat flippers. You think those guys would have been doing it at the, I guess, top of the ninth. Let's say it was, they were on the road top of the ninth. They're up. No, they're up 12, zero. And they get a solo shot to go up 13, zero. You think someone's bat flipping or you think they're acting like they've been there before? God, I would hope they would. (laughs) I
0: really would hope they would because I'd get to have this conversation (laughs) with someone else in which I say, you didn't want him to flip the bat. Shouldn't have put it down the middle.
1: But the answer is probably no. Probably no. Probably not. And they're probably not doing it on 12, 11, 10, 9, and 8 as well against against the Blue Jays or something.
0: I mean, you've got Puig out there bat flipping singles.
1: That's one person. That's one person.
0: I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't know. I just I can't <laughs> be bothered by winning. <laughs> Win by as much as you want. Celebrate as much as you want. That's my final. We'll move on. We'll move on. Um, Let me quickly tell you guys about Weinster before we move on to some of your questions. If you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to become a mature, refined adult, don't have the conversation you just had because it made me sound pretty uh, (laughs) Uh, 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 young and reckless. Or if you just really like wine, you got to check out my friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative, online, direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes Weinster special is that the majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some seriously delicious and hard-to-find wines, but you're also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the US. <laughs> then, when you fall in love with a couple of wines as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs. And I especially love Weinster because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums. Sign up today with the code BSN25 and get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown up. That's Weinster, W I N E S T Y R. I feel like that was ironic. <laughs> <laughs> um real quick I just are wanna... you changing your stance nope <laughs> i like i like where i'm at where i stand <laughs> i have to uh just point something out as i was reading that ad there i thought about a tweet that i saw from brandon spano this morning
1: oh he said i was listening
0: to sports talk radio station this morning just got back from break they had seven ad spots that played in the last break seven that's a lot like we just had one i don't know 60 second ad there yeah at most yep and now we're back like can you imagine if we did
1: seven of those my dad just it has always been a radio guy and uh, he noticed something interesting as the day gets closer to prime time you know drive time more ads crank up mm-hmm. and then the ads get longer and the talking gets shorter you know what doesn't happen on podcasts our ad no doesn't driving. change when you listen to it. Yep. It's the exact same.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe there's a day that will come where there, we have so much demand for ads on this podcast that we have to run two ads in one mm-hmm. spot, in one break. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, you know, that's, that for you guys, you should say that's great for them, you know. And I realize that, you know, you might not feel that way. It might be a minor inconvenience for you, but it's just crazy to me that, People sit in their car, let's say you have a 20-minute drive, there's a chance
1: that like seven to ten minutes of that drive was just ads? Yep, exactly. Oh, and to to bring it back, I said he, he's, you know, always been a radio guy. Uh, He started not listening to the things he wanted to listen to because the commercials were too bad and just started listening to classical music. And it's not like he's like a classical music guy at all, he just... There, there's not as many ads, or maybe no ads on certain stations. So I said, dad, come on, come on. You can't just be listening to something just to listen to it. So I got him hooked on the pod. He listens to our pod now.
0: A little bit. That's awesome. Yep. Love to hear it. Uh, I've randomly will get like texts from my mom being like, that was so funny. Yep. i like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, my mom's listening to this. Hopefully she- <laughs> I'm going to get a call from my mom about that last segment. I just know it. Oh man. Uh, but Anyways, not to, you know, like, it's nothing against sports talk radio. I, I enjoy sports talk radio. But it is crazy to me that people are still willing to do that. Yeah. And sit through that many ads in, yep. in an on demand world. Yep. Okay. That was random. <laughs> uh, let's get on to the questions. Unless there are any, is there any housekeeping that we need to get to? I feel like we haven't kept the house in a bit.
1: I wonder if someone's going to bring up the Oakland Raiders being on Hard Knocks. In these uh, questions.
0: I bet that'll come up. It must come up. Actually, I, I read through the questions earlier, and I'm pretty it's sure it Got does. to. Uh, quickly, Draymond Jones signed. There's mm. some housekeeping. Yep. Whoosh, just swept it away. Yep. Um,
1: it was a thing. He got $1 million as a signing bonus. Wow. Which is really funny how signing bonuses, you think that means you get a $1 million check, right? Sometimes it's negotiated where the signing bonus is actually over in a year's period of time. I'm curious how much you walked away with. It's not really a signing bonus then. It's just a bonus. <laughs> exactly. It's just actually an increase in pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what a bonus is. Um, what are you doing if today you got $1 million? Hmm. With, with the idea that you didn't win the lottery. You have to, do your, you have to continue to do your job. Um, I'm going golfing Mm. at a really nice course. (laughs) I was going to say you're not moving because you just moved, just moved. And (laughs) I'm happy with the place. Yeah. It looks like a million dollar place. Hey, thanks. Um, if
0: this was in downtown Denver and you owned it, it probably would be a million (laughs) dollar place. (laughs) Um, yeah. So you're saying I, I, I'm not quitting my job. You can't quit
1: your job or else you have to give the money back. Right. uh, I just got a. As Brandon who, just called on. me up and he's like, I want to give you a million dollar bonus for your hard work. Yep. And you have to sign this contract where if you quit in the next three years, you got to give it back. Okay.
0: All right. I probably wouldn't quit anyway. Um, not for $1 million. can't let me hang in.
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Hey,
1: That's how I know you're on your way to being a grown mature adult is you realize that $1 million is a lot, but it's not, it's not end game at, at 27 years old. Cause what, when you're 10, you're like you're taking that and running, right? You're like a million dollars. I'll give it to the rest of my life. I'm not studying for school anymore.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, hey, I'm calling up three buddies, saying, "Let's go play." I don't even know what the nicest, like, the nicest course I could play is. I mean, is it Broadmoor? Yeah, up there. Yeah. Okay, that'd be a great one. Let's go play the
1: Broadmoor. How and, much? How and, much is that? And we're gonna stay up there tonight <laughs> nice. and have a real good time. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, what, what's a what's a nice golf course? They get
0: up there. I wouldn't be surprised if if a daily rate during you know prime hours at the Broadmoor is over two hundred dollars.
1: yeah, that's pretty good.
0: It would put a very small dent in my one million but it's like a splurge event right right. i probably on my way stop over at the pga
1: superstore get some new clubs yep oh man bet you could pick out some pretty nice ones yeah like diamond crusted (laughs) ones
0: (laughs) all right um i believe that concludes the housekeeping portion of the podcast Let's jump into the questions. Do you want to get the first one?
1: First one coming in from Steve Atwater Hall of Fame. I brought up the Chris Jones situation last week because I wanted to go on record before mandatory minicamp began in Kansas City. I've seen this coming for about a month, and it is nice to finally have confirmation after his absence on day one. It floored Kansas City fans and made all the Chiefs fans, co-workers, mouthful I know, avoid me all day. Mission accomplished. I think this is huge news for the Broncos because it can play out one of two ways. If the Chiefs sign him, they will use all of their 2019 cap, around $24 million, and next year's cap, $9 million, not counting increase in cap. His contract will be no less than $20 million per year. The Chiefs will have to prepare for Mahomes deal, which is going to be around $200 million per year. They will have an abundance of cap casualties and, the, and couple that with with their neglect of the draft the past few years, and it bodes well for the Broncos. The other option is if he doesn't play. That dude is an animal, and I'd rather play the Chiefs without him. I know I nerd out on all of this, but I really think this is great for the Broncos. Curious your thoughts. Ryan, I know you don't believe in cap, but it is definitely real. The what now? (laughs) Never heard of it. The fake cap. The Chiefs are um,
0: in a position... That's almost as good as scoring too many goals. (laughs) They have too many good players. Mm. And you just can't keep it together. You you just can't
1: keep it all together for
0: for that long.
1: How long do they have? So, Mahomes is going into year three. Well, what are they going to do? When are they going to pay him? Because technically, if they say we will make amends with Patrick Mahomes by giving him the biggest quarterback contract after year five or even after year six and they franchise him and they're not worried about that because they're just going to pay him whatever then, then what? They have three more years because he's, no, they're four. Not he's do entering that. year three, four, five, six. They could have four more years. They're not going to do that. So when it's, are they paying him? It's too risky. Paying him after year four?
0: Well, what year is Carson Wentz going into right now?
1: I think is it the same rookie. So he had rookie year, then he had Super Bowl year, then he had last year. So this is year four. So one more year. So he one more year for Mahomes. One year in
0: front of Mahomes. Right. They're probably gonna pay him next offseason. So You've got one year. It's too too risky to uh to take the chance of messing up the relationship
1: so how valuable are these rookie quarterback contracts if this becomes the norm
0: well they get less valuable when you take that first year off and obviously that's what's happening here with drew lock um
1: but even with carson wentz what did you get that first year you got a super bowl out of it though that yes yes I'm not saying that you can't succeed. I'm just saying everyone says, and and I believe that's the way to succeed, you know, is a a quarterback on their rookie contract. They don't have to be world beaters where as when you're paying a guy 30 million, they, they gotta be Tom Brady status to to keep you relevant. And then you're in a great situation too. But typically your rookie year, you're not going to light the world on fire. Carson Wentz didn't do it. Patrick Mahomes didn't do it. He was on the bench. Your second year, so you I guess your window's two years. And you're really even pushing it with that second year. Now, Carson Wentz found tremendous success. Patrick Mahomes found tremendous success. But it's not like you keep going down and saying all these quarterbacks have a tremendous amount of success. So your window's one to two years instead of what people think. Oh, you got five years with this guy.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that Carson Wentz contract just sent, set an interesting precedent. I mean, if you're Mahomes' as an agent, oh you're yeah, totally reaching out next year and saying, "Hey, pay my guy." Yep, the Eagles did it. Yep, and again, if you're the Chiefs, you don't want to risk pissing off that agent.
1: That's true. But I guess players hate being franchised, so it's not the money; it's the lack of guarantees.
0: Right, and that's and that's exactly what. Mahomes and his agent's conversation is going to look like, hey, man, look, we know they're going to pay you eventually.
1: But the sooner you get paid, the less risks there are. And the sooner you get paid, maybe you can get three big contracts in your career.
0: Yeah, like, I, you know, I wouldn't wish this upon Patrick Mahomes or anyone. But if you're his agent, you say, look, man, you could blow up your knee in a million places this year. and then, And then there is no second contract because your career is over. You know? So it- or, you know, God forbid something even worse happens. Your family's taken care of. The faster you get the money, the better. And so, don't, and this is his agent talking, don't listen to the GM who's telling you, hey, man, we're going to take care of you after year four. You know, we got to keep this Super Bowl window open. The agent saying, look, man, you got to look out for yourself and yourself only. And you're good enough that this team's going to be in a Super Bowl window as long as they have you. So, they should be signing you up to a ten-year contract,
1: worth a billion dollars. So the Chiefs, is this their their year, their window? Now they're not done by keeping Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but in terms of having extra cap space and being able to sign uh, big-time players, this you know is a, is a great point, Steve Atwater Hall of Fame, because what does this mean with Chris Jones? Can they just shell out $20 million for him? Or do they have to say, sorry, bud, you got to play this year.
0: Look, man, you can shell out $20 million. So, so let's say you do a four year, $80 million contract with Chris Jones. Then you, they were prepared. They were getting ready to sign up Tyreek Hill to the highest paid wide receiver of all time. Well, that's probably not going to happen anymore, but you also got to keep Kelsey around, you know. All of a sudden, you have to start making choices because you know that you're going to have to back it up for Mahomes. And if you're giving Mahomes thirty million dollars and you're giving Chris Jones twenty, look, well, you're you're already over. And you're giving, you know, uh, Kelsey whatever they're giving Kelsey. Well, you're well over the thirty three percent into three players.
1: Did Chris Harris just set another precedent? Where the Chiefs will say, you know what, we'll just give you a pay raise this year, a pay raise out of nowhere, so we can have you on the field because the Chiefs, more so than the Broncos, this is their year. You know that not not their only year, but this is their year to win and compete. They have to have him on the field with that defense. So, are they just gonna give him money so that he can walk? Maybe.
0: Is Chris Jones? Uh, here's what I'd be asking if I'm the GM. Is Chris Jones really going to miss out on playing with this team? I don't know. See, cuz I think when you have Super Bowl aspirations that are realistic, you're you get a lot more leverage in the front office.
1: Well, who are you? Who 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 what type of person are you? It really depends. Cuz if you're all about the money, then no, you you don't care about that. But you're right. I mean, playing for a good team certainly does help the t- the team in this case. But what if he's all about the money? If he's all about the money, then they're SOL. Man, have some really... It, it's crazy how in one offseason, this offseason, the, the script, has, script has been flipped where players now have so much power. Obviously, that's been the case in the NBA for many years, but it just happened in football this offseason where you know, Chris, out of nowhere, gets a pay raise. Maybe that's not going to be a precedent that spreads across the NFL like wildfire. Um, you had Antonio Brown not just force himself out, but get to choose pretty much the team he wants and get paid in the process, and Carson Wentz. Is this, is this it for all rookie quarterbacks now? If you show promise, if you have a great half a season, then you're going to be getting the biggest contract After three years. It's
0: pretty crazy when you think about the sample size for Carson Wentz. I love Carson. But. Yeah. Eight and eight. I think they went. Or maybe it was nine and seven as a rookie. Um, They might have even been seven and nine. They didn't. And maybe it was. They didn't make the playoffs. I know that. Yeah. Then you have an MVP caliber season. And and that, for any player, is going to boost you so much. But remember, you didn't finish it. Mm Mm-hmm. Team wins the Super Bowl in what I think is uh, a situation that they wouldn't have been in without him. So he gets some credit for that.
1: Yep. But, then, he didn't, but he didn't win it.
0: Nope. And then the next season, you are playing 500 football before you get hurt. That's wild.
1: I didn't realize last year was 500 football before he got hurt.
0: Yeah, right in that range. I, I don't. Even, I, they could have been actually a little under five hundred when he got. Wow. Hurt.
1: Wow. Pretty crazy. Did he? Now, play? He didn't come back last year either, did he? No. So I know they're not, you know, worried about his injury long term. But still, coming off of injury. Yeah, coming off of an injury. Woo.
0: Coming off of, he's only played. Over the course of three years, played. About two full seasons.
1: Wait, that's his second injury, second injury in back-to-back years. years. Yep. Oh, wow. Wow. I knew it was. I mean, I, I think that's one of the first things that we talked about was you, you were like, great move. And I said, that's $100 million in, in guarantees and in, in an injured guy. That's quite the gamble.
0: It's definitely a gamble. the The thing is, it's just they got their guy. You know and and what are you going to do now, the thing is, I think they probably could have used the injury leverage to say, "Hey, man, can you just can we just get through one season healthy?" But mm-hmm. again, his agent's saying the exact opposite thing behind closed doors to Carson right, Carson, if you get injured again this year,
1: your value plummets right exactly We have to get this contract now, yeah, the agent did a fantastic job, and uh, while we've talked about maybe that. It's a gamble with Carson Wentz and with Patrick Mahomes. It, it hurts them once they have to sign him. If Drew Locke turns into one of these guys in a heartbeat, it, you sign him to this deal. And you don't worry about uh, the fact that you can't sign a Derek Wolfe-type player, a Chris Harris-type player, because you're locking up your quarterback long-term. Of course, you, you don't think twice about it. You give them the deal. What Once they really start pushing for the deal, you give in. So, of course, the Chiefs are, are going to do the right thing and give Mahomes a deal. Of course, uh, it was a good job by the Eagles to do that. But you have to realize what it means for the rest of the team. All right, that was a long, long question and answer.
0: <laughs> the next one here comes in from Sonny Rain. It's in relation to our conversation yesterday about bringing back a Broncos. Great to be on this team. And uh, the answer here is... I'd be finding a way to sneak in to Sunny Rain, says Tom Nalen and Gary Zimmerman. Picture that. Mm, OMG. That'd be scary. Yes. Yes, it would. Next one here comes in from Micah Pexa. Got to share my all-time Broncos fandom story. In the 1990-7 season, this one is actually a pretty good one. When the Broncos won their first Super Bowl, I was living and traveling abroad in India and Nepal. I missed all of the regular season except for a couple of games because of that. I returned to India from Nepal just days before the playoffs started. I had a feeling that it might be a special year, but I was staying in a small village with no TV access. It was a four-hour crazy Indian bus ride away from the nearest city, Bangalore, where I could catch the games. But I had to see these games. So each week, I would take the grueling four-hour bus ride to the city, rent a more expensive hotel room in the city that had TV and (laughs) international ESPN, and stay up until 1 a.m. to watch the games live. Then I'd trek four hours back to the village and repeat for all four weeks of the playoffs and the Super Bowl. I watched them win the Super Bowl alone in a hotel room and was making so much noise and cheering at the end that the Indian hotel staff came up to see if everything was all right. (laughs) The craziest part was after we won. It was one of the most surreal moments of my life. I had been dreaming of this moment for my whole childhood and it had finally come true. I walked out of my hotel room feeling like I wasn't even in my own body. So excited and pumped and wanting to celebrate, and no one out there knew a thing about it. (laughs) Just another regular day in India. I wanted to be riding in the streets of Denver with all the fans, but I had no one to share it with it there. That was so hard. Finally, I had to walk around and find an international phone shop. Those are strangely called STDs in India. (laughs) And call my dad back in Hawaii to celebrate and talk about uh, the game. Quite the effort, but so worth it to see all those games and see us
1: win our first Super Bowl. That is so, so cool. Mike, I don't know if if anyone can say they're a bigger Broncos fan than that. Serious dedication
0: um, to go four-hour bus ride just to watch a game on TV. A grueling bus ride. And then you're paying for a hotel. I can't imagine it was like a Greyhound (laughs) with Wi-Fi. I I doubt it.
1: (laughs) You want to get the next one? Coming in from Steve Atwater Hall of Fame again, It says, to elaborate, <laughs> the, do, we, you thought the longest question was done, but no. To elaborate, the neglect of the draft is trading away high draft picks for Frank Clark and Mahomes. Mahomes was worth it, but you need more than just a great quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Just ask Aaron Rodgers, despite what Zach thinks of him. Hmm. Chris Jones holding out is a direct result of the Frank Clark trade and only stands to highlight the Chiefs' willingness to mortgage the future to win now not that i blame them this means there is a window for the talented young team the broncos to climb back on top i like to keep the afc west i like to keep up with the afc west teams because they can constitute 6 of the games denver will play every year so i apologize if this is not a topic you want to talk about it's, oh we talked about it <laughs> it's the off-off season so what else are we going to discuss no we we love the content steve last thing I didn't mean to say that all teams have players as bad as Tyreek Hill. I simply meant they all have players that probably shouldn't be role models. Example would be Adam Gotze's for the Broncos. Maybe you have more insight into that situation, but from an outsider's perspective, it didn't look good. Thanks for the great content. We don't. We don't
0: have more insight into the situation, and, and we have no idea what the facts are. Um, the one stark difference I would just say is that Tyreek Hill pled guilty to the first crime, and there is evidence that we've heard with our own ears that point to his guilt of the second crime.
1: Without Agatzis, we have we have no clue. Exactly, and so I don't I don't want to look at Adam Gotsis, but Steve Atwater Hall. I I agree with you that there's probably a guy in every locker room that shouldn't be a role model.
0: Yeah, I mean, pac-man Jones is a guy who's definitely convicted of plenty of crimes, and said he was fine. And then he wasn't. Nope. Got in more trouble right after he left the Broncos. And
1: also looked like he was a great grandfather and not an NFL player. Yeah, man. (laughs) That man's face
0: had seen things. (laughs) Many things. I'll just leave it at that. It
1: was wild.
0: Uh, But anyways, yeah, I mean, we like to keep up with the AFC West, too. Especially around this time of the year. It's always good to take a look outwards. The next one here comes in from 49th State Bronco. For some reason, this always just makes me think of the 49ers.
1: Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. When you see like the 49.
0: (laughs) Anyways, they say, hey, guys, uh, with all the talk about people listening to other Broncos podcasts, I want to let you know that I'm in a monogamous relationship (laughs) with the BSN Denver Broncos (laughs) podcast. I only listen to one Broncos podcast. Haven't heard any others. Don't need to.
1: That's how we like it. 49 state Bronco.
0: No, no. You guys can listen to whatever you want as long as you give us your one hour a day. As long, Two hours a day.
1: As long as you say we're the best.
0: There you go. Um, he says, my Bronco's origin story is pretty mundane. Oh, great. I'm glad it's on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was stationed in Fort Carson when I was a junior in high school, or when I was in junior high, and my first memories were driving up to Denver to visit my uncle's family to watch the game in the late, late 80s, early 90s. Fell in love with them back then and bounced around about after that, never living in an area with a home team, so the Broncos stuck. However, my greatest moment as a Broncos fan was during Super Bowl 32. It was I was between an undergrad and a graduate school in Fairbanks, living in a big house with a bunch of roommates, and we threw a huge party with a bunch of friends to watch the game. One of my roommates was a Wisconsin native and a huge Packer fan, and he and I bet a shaved head on the out- outcome of the game. Ooh. At kickoff, I was the only Bronco fan in the house, but by the end of the third quarter, I started hearing whispers from others saying things like, I kind of thought the Broncos would win all along. <laughs> Having consumed many cold snacks, I became very outspoken and shushing those who dared to switch sides at the end of the game. Shaved my roommate's head in front of everyone. Oh, my Glorious.
1: gosh. <laughs> and here you go, Zach. Interested to hear your thoughts on the Raiders being mm-hmm. featured on Hard Knocks this year. I, well, first off, I think that's it's a better story than you gave it credit for to start off with. Well...
0: He gave the mundane origin story and then followed it up with a good, solid story. (laughs) And
1: that's how you do it. Um, Man. Raiders, just like at the end of your story, interesting drama. Love it. It's a great pick.
0: I mean, John Gruden could play a football coach in a show about football (laughs) and be a great actor at it. Yep. To see the real thing is going to be even better. Yep.
1: With... Everything else going on there. I mean, name the characters there. Antonio Brown, uh who's the linebacker they signed? The from 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 uh Cincinnati.
0: Oh Vontaze Vontez. Perfect. yes.
1: They the cast of characters they have is gonna be great. Antonio Brown and Vontez
0: didn't Yeah, that's been talked about. Yep. Vontez is the one who like dang near knocked him out. Yep. And then allowed the Steelers to go on to win that game because of the personal foul. Yep now they're on the same team yep that's that's worth a segment of the show Mm -hmm. little burn a little uh bearing of the hatchet maybe between them oh you know it will be absolutely yep um you've got what's his face the nfl network guy mike mayock in the building he'll be interesting yeah yeah these guys are already tv stars yep Mm -hmm. literal tv
1: stars they know how to make drama don't they
0: oh yeah um you have a really boring quarterback. That's going to be a bummer.
1: Really boring quarterback.
0: You don't have Marshawn Lynch anymore. No, maybe he'll make like an appearance at training camp.
1: You have three first-round draft picks, which maybe they totally blew. Except Josh Jacobs would be good. Yeah, it, it was. Oh, you're also last year in Oakland. Mmm. Yeah.
0: I can see, like, a scene where they're meeting with, like, the Oakland board uh, about yep. the stadium.
1: Yep. wonder if they have naming rights. They don't. Oh, in Vegas? Mm-hmm. Oh, the
0: naming rights. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't either. All right. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll get to the rest of your questions on the other side.
1: Green Mountain Dental has a long standing tradition of being one
0: of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place
1: to be, very positive experience with them, definitely.
0: New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x ray, and exam.
1: Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family
0: is doing. You know, just very friendly and family-oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. Rolling along on the BSN Broncos podcast and Zach, we have breaking news. Uh-oh. It's not really breaking, but it is news as it relates to this podcast. Oh, Micah Pexa. Okay. Chimes in and says, P.S. I got the hiccups the other day and tried the trick
1: of drinking water through a paper towel. It actually worked. Go figure. Wow. And I imagine Micah being all over the world has tried every trick in the book. So you just got to give credit to the old Southern gentleman, right? Isn't that where this trick came from?
0: Uh, Something like that. (laughs) Something
1: like that. Next one comes in from Dan Burke
0: who says a question about Matt Russell. The guys at Bleacher report did a podcast and Matt's name came up as someone who is a future GM candidate. I think his contributions get underrated by the fans, and everything I've heard is that he's pretty good talent evaluator. Anyway, if Russell does get a GM job elsewhere, are there any in house candidates who can step in and be LA's right hand man or future replacement?
1: First, what do you think about Matt Russell being a potential GM candidate? What
0: I'll say is that he's definitely groomed. You know, he knows exactly what the job entails, um, and I don't know how much credit or blame to give him for some of the problems, so I can't necessarily say that, you know, oh, well, Super Bowl 50, he had a huge hand in that, or say, oh, these last three years, you know, you can put it on Matt Russell. So I don't know where to, where to, where to go with that. But I will say he's certainly experienced enough to know
1: how to handle the job. Does it seem like, not that his time has passed, because I don't feel that at all, but he hasn't even had an interview somewhere, and I feel like that's just a bit odd. It is a bit odd, for sure. Now, maybe everyone said Peyton Manning was the reason for their success. Matt Russell had nothing to do with that. You know, If you want to give credit to someone, you can give it to John Elway for luring Peyton here and then all those free agents. And then what's happened in the past, what, three years? It hasn't been good. So maybe that's the reasoning for it. Um, I just... Someone threw out Matt Russell potentially for the Jets earlier this offseason. And that just never picked up steam at all. Maybe it is, what, one or two winning seasons after what people have deemed one or two good drafts? Maybe, yeah.
0: I mean, the drafting around here hasn't been that good. In fact, it's been pretty bad. yeah. So, uh, it's not, I guess, a shocking development that he's not being, in, you know, named in these
1: these conversations, Mister CU. If you were hiring a GM, would you consider another Mister CU guy? I mean, it, or at what point would you consider him? Because you're right, his the drafting hasn't been good.
0: I'd give him an interview for sure. See what he says. Why was the drafting? Why is the drafting man so bad? Maybe he says, John, I is a tyrant and I have had no say in anything that's gone on.
1: Oh, don't do that to John's best friend or to, to yeah. John's best friend. Hey, sometimes you got to step on some other people <laughs> on your way to the top. Um, so what do you, what do you think about replacement candidates? Here's, I pulled up a list because these guys aren't everyday guys. So Matt Russell Technically, John Elway's right-hand man, right below him. Then there's two guys below Matt Russell: AJ Durso, who's the director of pro personnel, so that means dealing with the professional side. And then there's Brian Stark, the director of college scouting. And those guys are pretty specific in their areas. You know, uh, Brian isn't looking at pro guys, and AJ's not looking at college guys. So it would be a transition, but I guess that that would be the next step for one of them
0: it would be weird if Matt Russell left. And the only reason is because now you would have no one that's really in John Elway's circle around. Because remember, it was Gary Kubiak before that we said, okay, well, John trusts Gary entirely. And he definitely trusts Matt Russell entirely. Beyond that, I mean, his security team, like, that's yeah. like his the rest of his circle, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, what's his name? The, the former linebacker, Keith Bishop. Yep. So that's you know like his, it's I don't know if that's his personal security, but they roll right. together. So right. I assume he knows everything. Yep. About just how they roll. Yep. What, is he going to become the personnel guy? Right. So I don't know what would happen. Maybe John uh, has you know some friends over at Cherry Hills that know a lot about football maybe mike shanahan comes in oh by the way mike shanahan been
1: frequenting mm-hmm. coors field mm. he's got some free time on his hands not helping kyle scout over there in san francisco and not planning his uh ring of fame speech i'm gonna work on trying to get a hold of mike shanahan for an idea i have oh see juicy it? juicy see how in, it goes in the meantime i guess The Broncos could consider Francie Jourdain. Ah, old France. (laughs) Uh, But on this, really quick, Matt Russell, could he be told that he'll be the next GM? You think there's something going on with that?
0: Yeah, would that excite you? No. I think that uh, that's the whole conversation right there. (laughs) From Bronco Duck, here's his ideal yearly awards: Mm. MVP Joe Flacco. Skangorilla got Nick Mullins to 13 TDs in a partial season. Flack who can get 25 with over 4,000 yards and limited turnovers. Those are team MVP numbers because we haven't seen that in five years. Yep. Breakout player Bradley Chubb with 15 to 20 sacks next year. He'll show us all why the Broncos picked him with the fourth pick two years ago. Honorable mention to Cortland Sutton.
1: I think he'll ball out this year. Don't disagree with the Bradley Chubb and we'll give ours tomorrow on the podcast.
0: Ooh, good tease. New face to know, obvious choice would be Fant, but I'm going with Justin Hollins slash Joe Janine I think one of those two guys are going to be a breakout under Fangio, a quick breakout. They play different styles, but I think Fangio's defense will allow one of these two
1: high motor guys to flourish. On the inside for Justin Hollins, I think that's where he's gone. Yeah. I would have believed that before the offseason program. It's crazy how it's it's – been Josie Jewel and Todd Davis. It's, it's Vic Fangio started this at the combine when he sure said, did. I need multiple guys at the inside linebacker position that aren't on the team right now. So he started it. And personally, I've just doubted. Oh yeah. I mean, it's Todd and Josie for now. And that's just how I've felt. That's how I've, you know, it's been in the back of my mind through OTAs, even after they didn't draft uh, one and Brian at the end of the off season. It's Todd and Josie when they have two inside linebackers.
0: How did Vic even know that they needed a couple guys on there considering he didn't watch the film?
1: Fishy. Fishy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, though, looking back on that comment, it's so silly. Yep. There's just no way that can be true. Yep. At this point, I believe he watched so much film of Todd and Josie That he said, oh, I can actually work with those guys. They're actually
1: solid. So then what was the first comment?
0: I have no clue. (laughs) But that's the best I can come up with. Or he's sitting there out there now at OTAs. He's like,
1: oh, my God, I should have watched the film. (laughs) He's like, John, you should have listened to me. You should have not traded back from 10.
0: Man, what a weird situation. Like, I, Yeah. I mean, if anyone comes at us and says, like, why was all the talk inside linebacker? We're like, well, because the coach who's known for coaching inside linebackers basically said our inside linebackers suck.
1: It, ex- exactly. What, what happens if come week 10, the inside linebackers have been burned 10 straight weeks? And Vic stands up there. He's asked a question about the inside linebackers. And he says, look, guys, I told you back at the combine that we needed two guys. You got you to gotta look at John for this, not me.
0: The best they did for me in the draft was an outside linebacker <laughs> they said might be able to
1: play. <laughs> he hasn't played a snap there all year. I told John I need an outside or an inside linebacker in round one. He said, Don't worry. I got I'll, an outside linebacker for you in round five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who looks nothing like a middle linebacker. <laughs> oh man. All right, next one here is from
1: True Champ fan twenty four. He says, let's get ready to ramble. Did I do that right? Close. Pretty close. Sorry, but this may get all over the place. Someone had mentioned which former player we could bring back, and I got to thinking, what about Ryan Clady? Replace Gumball with a guy who could have been borderline Hall of Fame. Hold on, hold on, (laughs) hold on, hold on. (laughs) Borderline Hall of Fame. Had he stayed healthy? How many pro? I think he
0: made a couple Pro Bowls. Did he make a
1: Pro Bowl the first few years of his career? I don't know. Keep talking, I'll look up. Yeah. <laughs> he says if he so here here's his argument. If he stayed healthy and this line becomes considerably better. Yeah, I obviously Ryan Clady would have to be healthy for for that to be a good choice. Maybe he was on ah. track to be a potential Hall of Famer. Are you ready for this? Yeah.
0: Four time Pro Bowler. Okay. Two-time first-team All-Pro. Mm. I'll give you that. How I'll many- give you
1: that he had Hall of Fame potential. I'm sorry for for doubting you. That's wild, though, because I don't look back at Ryan Clady and think that.
0: I don't either. I think it's so hard to forget the injuries.
1: Right. Was he And, and just the, the way he left, it wasn't a bad ending. It was just the most – for how good of a player he was for still being young – It was the most melodramatic ending to his career ever. I mean, it was what? One year of injury, another year of injury, and then traded to the Jets for like a fifth round pick or something? Let's see. Mm. (laughs) A lot of words on that page. He was on the. He won a ring? Yep. In 15. That's what I mean. How how just ridiculous was that ending?
0: I don't remember that. It was, that. The
1: most, it was the most forgettable. And he's traded the next offseason. I don't remember that at all. Yep. Was that when he was hurt playing basketball in yeah. April or something? I'm trying to look through.
0: He never... 7th he, round pick for... Clady and seventh. a 7th for a 5th. Yep. Um... He was placed on IR with a shoulder injury shortly after joining the Jets. Oh man, yeah. So, so what do you think about that? He was IR twenty thirteen. Um, IR uh patella tendon twenty ten. Man, pretty much when he was out there, he was boss. He was a a boss. He could have been a hall of famer. I I. I recant my questioning of that.
1: If he stays healthy, he is a Hall of Famer. And is he still playing? What year was he drafted?
0: He was drafted uh, in two thousand eight.
1: He's still playing. Probably. That's wild.
0: Holy cow! I'm still blown away that he was on the team that won Super Bowl fifty. Yep. But now that I think of it, like I just don't remember. I don't remember him being around. Like, I was at the Super Bowl. I don't remember Ryan Clady being at a table or anything like that.
1: Because he was that irrelevant at that point.
0: I do now. I'm now recalling, though, that in the first game of that season, they threw Ty Sam Brylow at left tackle because yep. of the injury to Ryan Clady.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And I thought that was insane. You thought it was criminal.
1: thought it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. So, what do you think, is Ryan that a, Clady? Is that a good replacement this year, plug and play? Yeah, if healthy, yeah, I think that's Here, a that's a great pick. True where, champ, fan. where he
0: should be brought up in the conversation is like, who is the player that you always wondered what could have been if it wasn't for injury? You know, him now Wilson. It's crazy to think about drafting a all pro tackle. It Seems so hard.
1: Mm, does seem hard, doesn't it? Just ask ask the Saints how difficult that was. Ugh, Ryan Ryan Ramschek. He says, "Who doesn't like barbecue sauce?" I don't know if. I, okay, yeah, these are random. They're quick. If I don't number these, you can read line three, right? It's not that we skip line three. No, yeah, <laughs> what? No one is. <laughs> what if we did? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you put in line three doesn't matter. Uh, we're not crowning Drew yet. You guys are crowning Drew. No, you just count one, two, four. Exactly, and that's what, that's what everyone's been doing. Man, all these people just think we've been leaving good content out there. Tim Tebow is amazing, and I bought his jersey as soon as he was drafted. Little did I know my second favorite Bronco would be drafted only a few picks later. Demarius Thomas. Dope. D.T. is a classic. He was upset when he got traded. So what? Would you, be, would you not be a little upset if your wife or husband traded you in? Wear his jersey with pride. Depends on where they traded me. <laughs> Houston.
0: Technically, he got traded to a better team. He did. So his wife traded him to a better wife. <sighs> exactly, it, and it just for a potential future
1: husband. I just think he even wishes right now that he took till the end of the season to say something and then gather his thoughts.
0: We, and it's not like we bashed him. We said he was completely right. justified
1: in all of his criticisms of the coaching staff. It just doesn't look good. Can't wait to see Vonster and Chubernot in action this year. Eh, quite a nickname. I give players absolutely ridiculous nicknames. See above. On a serious note, I love this community. I don't view it as a pod or a group forum. I view it as a family. It is a joy to know people here can be adults and put their opinions out there without being attacked like other social places. Remember that when you're typing your response to what I said in the first comment, in the first segment, <laughs> long live BSN much love except for you. Elway true chant fan 24. Good comment.
0: Next one here comes from lacrosse freak. He says name means lacrosse freak switch to lacrosse in high school. It's the best sport right behind rugby. So it's the mm. second best sport
1: right behind rugby and maybe football. Since he's commenting. Football's better than rugby. Yes. Lacrosse has its moments.
0: It's not as good as football.
1: You're really rubbing this international community w- wrong, Ryan.
0: I love <laughs> soccer.
1: <laughs> love soccer. Football. 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 Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: uh, uh. All right. It says, last, after listening to Monday's podcast about the snake, my family and I were working in the yard chopping down some weeds, and I'm assuming his wife screams bloody Murder sending a chill down my spine. It was one of those screams that makes your heart beat three times faster and make you run out of breath. Turning around and expecting to see something horrible that had happened, a tiny, and I mean <laughs> tiny, garden snake slipped out from behind a rock. I rolled my eyes, grabbed my shovel, and took care of the snake. Well, t- oh, well that, you didn't need to do that.
1: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not too upset
0: about it. Poor little snake. He was just <laughs> living in the garden where he belongs.
1: Now you're being tender. Now you're being nice. Now you're showing compassion. I
0: already said I was really sad (laughs) when I ran the one over with the
1: lawnmower. If only you had this in the first segment.
0: What? (laughs) I care more about animals than humans. I'm just
1: kidding. Um,
0: He says 10 minutes after the snake had been taken care of, it was still moving. How are you feeling about that, Zach? Chills in the worst way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Could you eat a snake right after it died while still moving on the plate? technically a moving blood sausage.
1: No. no never. Fu- no food should be moving. Period. So you don't you wouldn't eat an alive thing. No. Okay.
0: It's inhumane. <laughs> yeah, no no food should uh should be moving. It's not that's not food. That's a just a living thing.
1: Is there any seafood item that's moving? That people eat. There are
0: eat? places that serve stuff like that you see it a lot in asian countries i'm sure some of our followers that have lived there will chime in with some crazy thing they've had there yeah. um, but there are like certain things where it's not alive but it's <laughs> so fresh that like if they put like lemon mm-hmm. on it yeah it like moves
1: yeah what do you think of that i just it doesn't
0: i i realize it's already dead it doesn't seem right what
1: do you think of doing your own lobster Not something I would be interested in doing. No, I completely agree. I just, like,
0: you got to realize you're talking to someone here who is a vegetarian for over six years. Yeah. Like, I don't like to think about that type of stuff at all. Yeah. I definitely don't want to do the act. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't even want to think about it anymore.
0: (laughs) All right, from Polish, Polish Filipino. Fellas, are you at all concerned about the players that are on the final year of their contract? I know it might pay off with a high intensity of play this year, but what about the ability to retain our talent without overpaying? Is it a good thing to have so many at once? Do you feel Elway and his staff have been good at managing the cap?
1: How do you feel about it, Ryan? Um,
0: I think it's going to be a good thing in multiple ways.
1: For this year?
0: For this year. One, you're going to get the best from everyone. You're going to get the best Derek Wolf, the best Shelby Harris, the best Chris Harris. The best Justin Simmons. The best Will Parks. That's great. I also think it's great because you have a chance to reset a little bit next year. You're going to want to keep Shelby Harris. You're going to want to at least keep one of the safeties. Obviously, you'd love to keep Chris. It's probably not going to happen. But it kind of gives you a chance to start anew. And you know why I like that so much, Zach? Why? Because you have a new coaching staff. And you are going to have a chance to get players that they want. Not players that they inherited.
1: So with that, though, comes what we talked about with the secondary of Kareem playing with with Chris, who he's never played with, and Bryce playing with both of those guys he's never played with. You'll get that a second year in a row if you do bring in, you know, potentially four new starters, maybe even five new starters along with a first round pick on that defensive side of the ball. And as long as you're okay with understanding that, you know, we talked about maybe the defense was 10th last year and expect them to be seventh this year with all those new changes, maybe you should expect them to be six next year instead of, you know, taking the big leap to to, to three. And I'm okay with that. But you said one player, you said Shelby Harris is a guy you definitely want to keep. I agree with you. Sign him now. Because... Unless you don't want to keep him, or unless you think he's going to have a bad season, when in that case you probably don't want to keep him after this year, sign him now. Derek Wolf, it's been a great ride. Chris, probably not going to happen. Adam Gotsis, that's something that you have to decide on. Do you want to sign both guys now? Do you want to do the Derek Wolf and, and Malik Jackson and only lock one of them in and kind of say goodbye to the other one? I'm not saying you can't re-sign them after this year, but... Just like Polish-Filipino said, you will be paying. You'll likely be paying more. It's it's all a gamble. If you think you want to keep one of the safeties, are you willing to overpay one of them after this year? Or do you want to gamble on which one and try to get them on a bit of a discount right now? So I'm okay with what they do. You just have to understand the repercussions that come from letting five guys walk after this year or the repercussions that come from paying all five guys right now and three of them pan out, and two of them don't.
0: Yeah, it's uh, this type of stuff is tough. This is the the part of being a GM that doesn't sound all that fun. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'd still be fun because y- you're in charge. But there's a lot of tough decisions ahead. And again, I just like the fact that, you know what, maybe Vic Fangio doesn't love Will Park's game for whatever, and, and he's going to play him this year. I personally like Will Park's game, so I'm just using this as an example. Maybe he says like, "Well, it'll be nice to have you know an opening there where we can bring in a guy." Now that's not saving you a bunch of money. Remember, Will's very cheap right now; he's a sixth-round pick. But Derek Wolfe coming off the books, well, now okay, now you have ten million dollars to spend somewhere. Maybe he wants to use it on a safety. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, what's going to be the deal with him? Is that going to save you another ten? Yeah. Uh, you know, all of these guys. All of a sudden, there's there's a lot of savings adding up. Does that put you in a position where Vic Fangio can build this defense with
1: more guys that fit his mold? And personally, that's what you do. you, you got to get Vic, his type of guys, and blend that with what John wants. There's no reason to jump the gun this year. And you know what? With Drew Locke, you are building this thing for the future You know it, w- w- with a big scheme. So it's okay to go from seven this year to six next year. Let's say you go five this year. Uh, as a defensive unit. Then you can go to four next year. I'm okay with that. Ryan, uh, lax freak at a few more points. He says, looking forward to the upcoming season. I was getting hyped for what this team could potentially be. I think most of Broncos country was this team to be at minimum entertaining. I want to see a complete offense, putting 65 yard drives together, converting on third downs and actually finishing in the red zone. My dream is that we have 2000 yard receivers, is seven touchdowns each and a thirteen hundred yard with eight touchdowns for Philip Lindsay. I believe this is attainable for all of them. Emmanuel had eight hundred and sixty-eight yards and four touchdowns, and Cortland had seven hundred yards and four touchdowns. Lindsay had one thousand and nine touch one thousand yards and nine touchdowns last year. What expectations should we have from this group? I I want either we are going to be a disappointment or this is going to be exciting. No open-ended answers, please. Oh, oh, that's what he wants from us. So he's
0: saying either you're going to be disappointed or this is going to be exciting. I think it's going to be exciting as long as you can lower your expectations a little bit. 2,000-yard receivers with seven touchdowns and a 1,300-yard uh, rusher with eight TDs is, is
1: not happening. I was going to say that's Peyton Manning-esque, but not even because Phillip Lindsay, you know, running back, wasn't going for 1,300 yards.
0: No, I think you should put your expectations at around 1,000 yards for the wide receivers. For one? One one wide receiver to get around it, one wide receiver to be around, you know, at 900 or so um, would be really good.
1: Third receiver to be at seven. Yeah, I guess you would
0: rather be at 800 there and have a third receiver with five or six or 700 yards to to chime in on top of that. Yeah. the TDs, you just can't predict, so I'm, I'm not going to go there. But you're talking about 14, uh, 22 touchdowns between three players. That's a lot. I just think, uh, you know, the yards are too high for Phil. If anything, it'll probably be, you know, you, you might end up with two 800-yard rushers.
1: I was going to say how we need to look at, at Phil and Royce numbers-wise is collectively in terms of rushing.
0: Definitely. So, in a vacuum, each one of those things doesn't sound too crazy. If Cortland Sutton has 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns, I'm saying, like, oh, yeah, all right. There you go. That was the natural next step for him. If Philip Lindsay, eh, that one's really unrealistic, but if Phil Lindsay got, you know, 1,200 yards maybe, um, and I know that seems like not that big of a difference, but it, it is, I would say, wow, okay, Knowing that if one of those things happens, it's probably you're probably not going to see the other ones happen.
1: But tell me if this is crazy. He says, "I'm not forgetting about the defense. Chubb will have more sacks than Vaughn. We will be a top five defense and have a record-setting sack year." Mike, drop.
0: Love the optimism. Feel like it's a little
1: too high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean,
0: if all those things happen, the Broncos are going to be are going to win the AFC West. Oh my
1: gosh, championship this year. I mean, c- c- a true competitor. Absolutely. Because if you set the record for sacks in a season, you're not going to be a top-five defense. You're you're going to be an elite defense, especially with the other pieces that surround it. And you know who led the league in sacks last year? Who? The Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Mm. Why? Because they were leading in every game.
1: Yep. It means good things.
0: And that didn't do enough for them to want to keep that defense rolling, which in this small window to me is crazy. It really is. But D4 jumped offside and...
1: That was enough for them to say, you know what, we're done with you. <laughs> Pretty crazy penalty. I mean, just all, everything that fell out from that. Really crazy.
0: All right. I believe that's going to wrap it up for us today on the BSN Broncos podcast. I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to BSN Denver. And if you do, you'll get a free T-shirt with your one-year subscription. It's a sick deal that we want all of you to get in on so you can comment on this podcast and we can have pods that are as long as this one was. Um, so appreciate you guys and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast it's getting me
1: down waiting up for you. and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that